are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women all over the country rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about exercise. Does exercise do more harm than good for chronic migraine sufferers? Welcome, Mary. How are you? Good. How's it going? Good. Very good. This is, I think, a fear that a lot of people have that I'm going to tell them to exercise Mm. as part of our work together. (laughs) Right. I fear exercise too, people. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Because I get a lot of questions around this. Are you going to tell me to exercise? Um, Mm. Do you have a certain set of exercises for migraines that you're going to tell me to do? And a lot of people worry that I'm going to recommend exercise. Right. Which we all know exercise is important and it's a, it's a part of staying healthy, but I can also understand when you are in the middle of multiple migraines over weeks and weeks, like seriously, when you're in a migraine, the last thing you're thinking about is, is how do I get my calories burned today or (laughs) how much Mm -hmm. weight should I lift or, you know? Mm -hmm. And for many migraine sufferers, exercising can throw them into a migraine. Mm. So this is why a lot of people fear that this is what I'm going to recommend. Right. Right. Because I'm already up right on the line. Right. I'm already doing a head check multiple times a day. And mm-hmm. I know in the past when I've overdone it with exercise, when I've gone too long in the garden, if I've done too much weeding mm-hmm. in the garden, right? It's the first nice day of spring and I hop on the bicycle and I get a little overzealous on the bicycle, right? Or I went to a Zumba class, right? I went, I had a migraine. Mm-hmm. So I'm already on the edge. I'm already sensitive to exercise. Is she going to tell me that I need to exercise more? It's a real fear that people have. To add insult to this injury, a lot of husbands or a lot of men in our lives tell us to exercise when we have a migraine. (laughs) And you get that from doctors too. You do. You do get that from doctors, but particularly the men in our lives, they mm-hmm. will say things like, oh, why don't you just go for a walk? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that'll help you. You know, why, why don't you go outside in the garden? That'll help you. Well, when I don't feel good, I go out in the garage and lift weights. Right. You know right? what I feel like doing when I don't feel good? Punching my husband in the nose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that ought to help. And this, right, this, yeah, you are correct. This usually infuriates the women in the the lives, in the men's lives, right? Yes. But men are, again, this is in general, right? This doesn't apply to all men, but men in general are oriented more towards activity if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Or fixing. Fixing is fixing it, right? We're going to solve this, right? They're more oriented towards activity when there's a problem. I can get on a soapbox about that (laughs) because my cute husband yesterday started giving me solution ideas. And we kind of have this inside joke where we're like, there's a video that 
somebody did where the husband and wife are talking and the wife has a nail in her forehead, like a big, huge nail in her forehead. And she keeps saying, honey, my head hurts. I just don't know what to do. I'm in so much pain. And the husband's like, well, take the nail out of your head. It's not about the nail. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, you know, as women, we just need someone to hear our, you know, hear what's going on and understand and show support and men are just oriented to, well, then pull the nail out. It's simple, right? Uh-huh, right. <laughs> Go for a walk, drink some water, whatever it is. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about exercise and chronic migraines. Mm-hmm. So when we exercise, it is inherently a physical stressor on the body. That's the point of exercise is to generate stress that the body has to respond to and get stronger or fitter in response. Mm-hmm. Right? So exercise by default is going to put a stress on us. Mm-hmm. Now, how does this relate to migraines? Okay. So I want everybody to think of, that they have, everybody has a needle, sort of like a compass needle. And when we are feeling well, when we are in a state of health, that compass needle is pointing north, right? It's in the green zone. We're feeling good. That needle is continuously getting pushed down towards west by stressors, physical stressors, mental stressors, emotional stressors, This is part of life. You cannot avoid stressors pushing Mm -hmm. your needle down. Okay. So when we exercise, that's a physical stressor that's going to start to push our needle towards west. Now, we want to feel good despite these stressors that are pushing our needle towards west. Mm -hmm. We have to counter the stressors that that are pushing our needle down. We have to counter those stressors with our own resiliency and vitality. So we have stressors, physical stressors, mental and emotional stressors, pushing that needle down towards West. We have to counter that with our own resiliency and vitality to push our needle back up to North, back into the green zone, the health zone. Mm -hmm. When our needle is not pointing North, when our needle is pointing Northwest, We've been sort of knocked out of the green zone, knocked out of a state of health, and then we're going to have symptoms to reflect that. Now, for me and the women listening here, we all have something in common. When our needle is pointing northwest, we're in migraine zone. Mm -hmm. Right? So when my needle is pointing northwest, I'm going to get a migraine. I might get other symptoms that I'm prone to right? Other people are going to get other symptoms that I'm not going to get, right? But we all have something in common. When our needle gets pushed down into Northwest, we're going to get a migraine. If we have enough resiliency and vitality, when the needle gets pushed down towards Northwest, we're going to pop it back up to North and then we're not going to get a migraine. We're going to stay in the green zone. We're going to keep feeling well. What I'm describing here is what I call the third principle to restoring and maintaining our health. 
So if you've been following me for a while, I talk about the three principles that are required to restore and maintain our health. And the third principle is restoring our resiliency and vitality so that we can keep our needle pointing north in the face of the onslaught of stressors that are continuously bombarding us. Okay, so when we exercise, the the physical stress of the exercise is going to push our needle down towards west. We have to have enough resiliency and vitality to push it back up so that we continue to feel well after we're done. So even people that aren't prone to migraines can feel this. Okay, so when we are exercising, we can exercise and we can feel we can feel good afterwards right? We can have that endorphin high afterwards. The rest of the day, we feel energized. Yeah, I'm so glad I worked out this morning because I felt good for the rest of the day. Or we can exercise and we can feel depleted. We can feel like we have the flu even. Oh man, all right? I'm just, my muscles are killing me. I, I, I have kind of a low mood here. I just want to crawl back into bed. I'm even irritable, right? That exercise session was too stressful. It pushed our needle down and sort of overwhelmed our resiliency and vitality. So we couldn't push that needle back up. We're still kind of pointing northwest. So we're not feeling well after that exercise session. Okay, but if we're prone to migraines and we overexercise and and sort of uh, overrun our resiliency and vitality, well, now it's a great way to get a migraine too. Mm-hmm. Okay, other people are not risk it at risk of that. They're just not going to feel they're not going to feel too great. But now here we are in our migraine zone. Chronic migraine sufferers, their needle isn't pointing north too much at all. They're kind of always on the line, right? This is where every morning I got to wake up and do the head check. What kind of day does this feel like? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. It's one o'clock. I'm starting to have that uh uh-oh moment. I can feel Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Something's brewing. This is when our needle is starting to get right on that line to go into our migraine zone. Mm. So, if somebody gets a migraine a couple times a year and they overexercise and they push their needle to their migraine zone, they get a migraine, okay, they are going to have enough resiliency and vitality to kind of push themselves back up and then kind of go on their way. But a chronic mm-hmm. migraine sufferer, they're already hovering right on that line because their resiliency and vitality is low. They have a deficiency within that third principle. So they're always kind of right on that line. Mm. This is why we're so susceptible to all of these stressors, right? Right. When my needle is right on the line of my migraine zone, well, I'm sensitive to a lot of physical stressors, not just exercise, Mm -hmm. right? I'm sensitive to sunlight. Those photons of light hitting my retina, that's a physical stressor on the body. I'm sensitive to an altitude change. Changing your altitude is a physical stressor on the body. Oh, I'm sensitive to sleeping too late. All right. If I don't get up right at the time that my body is used to getting up, 
right? When we vary from our sleep routine, that's a physical stressor. Oh, now I'm, now I got a migraine. I slept too late. Right. So when we're right on the line with chronic migraines, we know our resiliency and vitality is kind of hanging on by a thread and any little thing can push us over into that Mm -hmm. migraine zone and we get a migraine. It just blows my mind how minimal the thing that pushes you over the edge has to be. Mm -hmm. Like light hitting your retina really doesn't feel like a big thing unless you're going to hit your ozone, right? Like Exactly. The warmth of the sun doesn't feel like a big thing unless it makes you go into migraine zone. It's right. Just but, you know, crazy. the the heat of the sun, right? That's a mm-hmm. physical stressor on mm-hmm. everybody in Phoenix. Right. The difference is some people are hovering right over migraine zone. Other mm-hmm. people are pointing north. So if I'm pointing north and I go out for a hike in Phoenix in August and it's 95 degrees at six, six in the morning, if I'm starting at north, I can tolerate a lot more heat than if I'm starting, you know, one degree above my migraine zone. And I already have low resiliency and vitality. Then I can't go out of my house in Phoenix for five months out of the year. Right. Right. So while it may seem like a quote-unquote small stressor, mm-hmm. right, that's, that's relative to where our needle is and mm-hmm. where our resiliency and vitality is. Right. And it just goes to show, of course, people who don't live with migraines, chronic migraines, that is, don't understand why perfume or light or heat or whatever the case may be they don't relate they can't understand that right right because other chronic health conditions don't generate symptoms that are so obvious somebody could be prone to diabetes so when their needle hits northwest they develop diabetes well here's the thing diabetes does not generate symptoms until you have been a diabetic for a long time mm-hmm. and the excess glucose has actually damaged various tissues or organs mm-hmm. in the body. So somebody with something like diabetes, right? That's sort of like a silent mm-hmm. chronic condition. So somebody with diabetes, their needle could be Northwest and going down, 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 down towards West and they not even be aware of it mm-hmm. until the needle's west. Mm-hmm. So those of us that are prone to migraines, I'm, I'm going to make a statement that might really <laughs> make people throw the, <laughs> throw the pole out the window when, they, when they're listening to this. But those of us that are prone to migraines, this is actually a little gift that we have because mm-hmm. we can tell much easier where our needle is than other people. Mm-hmm. Right? But don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so that's, right, somebody with diabetes, right, the sunlight is pushing their needle down just like everybody else, but the symptoms that diabetes generates, it's, it's not so obvious like a migraine. 
So when we're exercising, right, you can see where I'm going with this. Ask me any questions if, if I'm not explaining this clearly, right? But I'm right on the line. My needle is right on the line of my migraine zone. And then I go add more physical stress and push that needle down. Poof, I'm going to get a migraine. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with clients where they cannot walk around the block for more than five to 10 minutes without getting mm. a migraine. Mm. That's an indicator of the small amount of resiliency and vitality that they have. Mm-hmm. Right? Because a five minute, I'm not talking power walking, I'm talking neighborhood stroll. Right? Mm-hmm. That's enough to push that needle down into their migraine zone. Mm. And, you know, I just want to kind of throw out here, like, nobody wants to live like this. This isn't a, a, you know, like, I don't know. I don't like it when people treat people with uh, chronic issues like they're just going out of their way to have these issues. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, you're bringing it on yourself, kind of that attitude. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, nobody actually wants to be the person who can't walk around the block or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, people feel a lot of shame when this Mm -hmm. happens to them. Of course. Right. Of course. You know, people feel ashamed that they can't walk around the block. Mm -hmm. And so then you have someone who loves them, who means well, who only has their best interests at heart going, you know, why don't you get outside more? See if you feel better. Mm-hmm. And how do you explain? Cause you know, like, like you say many times, Mary, the average person cannot comprehend how mm-hmm. a five or 10 minute light stroll around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm can push somebody into a migraine. People do not understand that. When they don't understand the desire to avoid it at all costs and not even try. Right. Right. Because they're already so worried about it. Like we talk about the anxiety that having chronic migraines gives you. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not constantly on alert that something might happen, you don't get it. Right. Right. And, you know, again, the nice person in our life who only wants the best for us, when their needle is pointing northwest, they are prone to health conditions that don't generate these types of symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. If your husband is prone to diabetes and is a diabetic and his needle is pointing northwest, if he walks around the block and adds more stress to the needle, the symptoms of diabetes are not going to exacerbate on that walk unless his needle is pointing west. Right? Right. He's got to get real, right? He's got to have years of diabetes before a walk around the block is going to push his needle into obvious symptom range, right? Because it's not a condition that generates obvious symptoms until it gets very bad. So you can have people with these chronic health conditions that are walking around the block and doing all this stuff and going, hey, you know, uh, I, I could handle the stress fine, right? Well, mm-hmm. they don't have a condition that generates symptoms 
that are, that are so finely attuned to where the needle is. Mm-hmm. So they can't relate to walking around the block and feeling worse like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so when I'm working with my clients, I do not recommend exercise over and above what their resiliency and vitality can counter. Mm. Okay. So if I'm working with somebody that, you know, walking for five or 10 minutes around the neighborhood, that's as much as I can do. I'm not going to have them do more than that until their resiliency and vitality is stronger. Mm-hmm. And when it starts to get stronger, it's obvious because we see other indications that it's getting stronger. Right. So um, if somebody, you know, can only walk 10 minutes around the block and they're very sensitive to light, right. One week they're going to tell me, yeah, you know what? I actually went out of the house and I forgot my sunglasses and I didn't go back in the house to get them. I just ran the errand real quick. Cause I realized, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I don't, I don't have to run back in the house and get them. Ah, we have increased resiliency and vitality. The sun didn't change. The sunlight is the same, right? Right. But we can feel, ah, in the face of this stressor, this, these, this sunlight hitting my retina, the heat of the sun beating down on me, in the face of that stressor, I wasn't as sensitive to it. I felt better. I had more resiliency and vitality to counter the needle getting pushed down because of that light. So then when these things start to accumulate, when we get little indications like this, mm-hmm. then, okay, what if you went for a 15 minute walk? Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Oh yeah, I was able to do that. Okay, great. Let's have you do that for you know a week or two. Looking for other signs piling up that that resiliency and vitality is increasing, right? Maybe they were able to eat almonds and not not get a migraine. Okay, now we got more resiliency in the and vitality in the face of almonds. Mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit longer on the walk, or maybe they like to bicycle. Okay, why don't you get on the bike for you know round the block? Because right? mm-hmm. bicycling is more physically stressful than walking. Mm-hmm. And so we are gradually building up the physical activity. Mm-hmm. But we do it in a way where, where we are matching the building resiliency and vitality. So, you know, this is the difference, right? There are a lot of practitioners out there who say, you know, I have a special yoga for migraines. I have special stretching techniques for migraines. I have a special exercise regimen for migraines. If you don't have enough resiliency and vitality to do yoga, you're not going to be able to do the yoga for migraines. Right. Right. Like it doesn't matter if you call it yoga for migraines. It's still, <laughs> you can't just call it for migraines and call it good. Yeah. And expect people to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Yoga 
is a very physically strenuous activity. Mm-hmm. Right? Even stretching is putting physical stress on the body. Hmm. Right? There are many people in a chronic migraine state, it's like, I, I can't do any sudden moves. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, we have to, like I say, we have to assess exercise and physical activity according to where someone's resiliency and vitality is at. And the good mm-hmm. news is, is that we can restore our resiliency and vitality. This is one of the hallmarks. This is one of the three principles that you have to work on to restore your health is increasing or restoring your resiliency and vitality. So we can do this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to overwhelm our resiliency and vitality with unnecessary physical stress, like over-exercising. That's not going to be beneficial to us. It's going to be taxing to us. So, I mean, you were talking about yoga for migraines. Like there are people or practitioners of sorts who recommend certain stretches and whatnot for migraines. Is there any benefit to those or is it only when you're not already almost to a migraine zone? You know, first of all, the practitioners who really like doing yoga, Mm -hmm. these are the practitioners that come up with a yoga for migraines routine, Mm -hmm. right? And that's great if you like doing yoga, Mm -hmm. right? So most practitioners, and this is universal, most practitioners What they recommend for their patients or clients is what Mm -hmm. makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. What makes the practitioner feel better, right? If the practitioner feels better eating a vegan diet, oh, what do you know? Everybody I work with, I'm going to put on a vegan diet, Mm -hmm. right? If the practitioner gets a lot of joy and calm and benefit from yoga. Oh, here we go. Everybody I work with, we're going to do yoga. Mm -hmm. This is universal in the alternative medicine industry. It's a real problem. We have to be on guard that we are not just simply recommending to our patients and clients the stuff that makes us feel better. We have to make sure that we're recommending things that are going to be a fit going to benefit the unique patient or client that we're working with. Mm -hmm. You know, and people ask in the Facebook group all the time, like, well, what is Leslie's method? And I am, (laughs) I'm sure it kind of frustrates people, but the answer is it's different for every single person because we're not going to, or we, I say that like I'm super helpful. (laughs) I'm just moral support here in the corner. No, you tailor things to a specific person rather than everyone gets a vegan diet. It's it is about that person and what is best for them. Correct. Yeah, I get this question all the time when I'm doing mm-hmm. consult calls. Right? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is your approach? Mm-hmm. Right. My approach is identifying where you have deficiencies or blockers or missing pieces within these three principles to Mm -hmm. restore our health. That those three principles are universal for everyone, 
where are you deficient or where do you have blockers within these three principles? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why you're sick. This is what we need to address. Mm -hmm. But how we are going to address that is going to vary person to person. Mm -hmm. What we are used to is someone coming up with a particular technique, right? Mm -hmm. We're used to people coming up this is the migraines, you know, this is the yoga for migraines approach, technique. Right? The vegan diet, the take this pill and it will go away. The <laughs> Right, exactly. This is my herbal medicine protocol for migraines that everybody takes. The miracle herbal migraine protocol in a bottle that everybody takes. And it's good for everyone. Right. Good for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a, I have a particular, you know, movement, you know, series of movements, right, for migraines that I'm going to teach people how to do, right? That does not work. But this is what we're used to. Right? right. So people think that I have some sort of, you know, um, canned approach, right? I have mm-hmm. some sort of, you know, step one, step two, step three, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to do this, you're going to eat like this, you're going to move like this, you're going to sleep like this, right? you're going to meditate like this (laughs) and it's all packaged up and this is what you're going to do right right this is what we have grown to expect Mm -hmm. and that doesn't work right because we can address blockers or deficiencies or missing pieces within these three principles in a lot of different ways we have to figure out what's what is going to be the right way to address it for you? Right. And for most people in a chronic migraine state, having them do physical exercise, whether it be yoga, stretching, walking, you know, high intensity training, I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. They probably do not have the resiliency and vitality to weather the stressors that that's going to provide. Mm-hmm. And many times when people are exercising strenuously. So most of my clients are not exercising strenuously when we start working together. They can't because of, because of this, because it's too physically stressful. Occasionally I will have a client, you know, they were a marathon runner before and, you know, before they started getting migraines. And so they have a real high level of fitness, physical fitness. And they want to maintain that. But then the migraines came in and they Mm. are able to still run with migraines. Oh my gosh. I can't personally comprehend it, but I (laughs) I was never a runner. (laughs) Right. I was like, I can't run a marathon without a migraine. So (laughs) Uh that is not my cup of tea. So in many of those cases, not all, but in many of those cases, I have to ask them, you need to cut back on your physical exercise while you Mm -hmm. are healing. Because Mm -hmm. you already have lowered resiliency and vitality. We know that because you have chronic migraines. You're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And then you are, you know, running four days a week. You're Mm -hmm. adding a tremendous amount of physical stress, pushing that needle down and overwhelming your resiliency and vitality. We have to have some vitality for the healing process. 
Mm-hmm. Got to have some energy for healing. And so many times, not all times, but many times I have to ask these clients to cut back on their exercise. And this is very surprising to people because we have been told that physical fitness equals health. Right. This is not true. true, Right. Our needle Mm -hmm. can be pointing north and we may not be that physically fit. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to run a marathon, but our needle is pointing north and we feel good. Mm-hmm. Our needle can be pointing northwest. We can have chronic migraines and we can we can run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Our physical fitness is not correlated to our state of health. Or like what size you wear, how much you wear on the scale, the BMI ranges, like... You could go on and on and on, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People can have a level of physical fitness, right? And have excess adipose tissue or excess body fat that is causing them health problems. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, this is, like I say, this is usually a surprise to people. Women who are able to exercise strenuously, they're surprised that this could be slowing down their healing process and that they should cut back. And then, and then on the flip side, people are surprised that I'm not right. It's like, Oh no, I can only walk around the block. Oh no. What if she tells me that I have to exercise to feel better? I'm not going to tell you to exercise Mm -hmm. if you can't tolerate exercise. And that surprises people too. Right. Well, I would imagine it takes a lot of the, a lot of fear out of working on their health. Like, Oh, I don't have to jump. Because honestly, like, we go to the doctor or we watch a show or read an article. It's always like, eat less, exercise more, sleep good. And it's just like the four, there's three, four things that they we get told hundreds and hundreds of times in our life. And it's like, anytime we go to work on our health, we're like, oh, here comes the the four things again, you know, or three or four things again. And you're already stressed about it, right? Right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. How am yeah, you know, how am I gonna exercise when I feel like this every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't exercise. You feel horrible every day. You can't exercise. It's not appropriate. Right. Right. So we're just gonna take that off the table. And we're gonna have, you know, when we move the body, it has health supporting effects. Right? Mm-hmm being sedentary, right? This is well documented that it impacts our health. This goes back to the first principle. We, Mm -hmm. the first principle to restoring and maintaining our health is getting the nutrients to every cell in the body. Mm -hmm. So moving the body improves the circulation and it improves the delivery of those nutrients to the cells, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to have enough resiliency and vitality so that we can move. Right. But we need to do that movement when we have enough resiliency and vitality to do Mm -hmm. it. This might be a silly question, but when you have a client that says, hey, when I don't feel good, my loved one, husband, partner, children, whoever it is, says go exercise. Do you ever give your clients a script for how to tell (laughs) How to tell those well-meaning people 
thanks, but I'm not going to do that right now. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, this has come up with clients Mm -hmm. for sure. Because that's stressful trying to, you know, not start fights with people who care about you, but you need them to understand where you're at and what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have had this conversation with clients over the years, for sure, right? You know, people have adult children that weigh in, you know, are giving Mm -hmm. advice, spouses, you know, things like this, significant others. And it's very validating for my clients to learn, oh, I actually shouldn't be doing that suggestion, right? And they feel Mm -hmm. like they know why and that now they can respond better, right? Mm -hmm. Because before, but they're kind of trapped. It's like, well, they're telling me to get exercise, but I'm right on my migraine line here. You know, I'm, I'm riding the line. I could get a migraine at any time. Nobody understands this, right? It's just like this whole big ball of yarn all tangled up. Mm-hmm. And so for people to learn that, you know, this is what's actually going on so that they can articulate that. It's, right. It's, it's very empowering. Well, and I was just going to say, sometimes peer pressure, it's not just about getting your friends to do drugs, like in high school. <laughs> Sometimes peer pressure comes from like, you know, oh, you really just need to try this diet or you really need to try this pillow or you need to really sleep more or you need like peer pressure can also come in in well-meaning and also like uh, health supportive suggestions, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. I've had many clients over the years where they go for a routine walk with a neighbor or a friend and they don't want to miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Oh, I, you know, every Tuesday I go hiking with my friend and I, you know, mm-hmm. usually I won't even tell her that I have a migraine cause I'm too embarrassed. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I certainly don't want her to think I'm weak. So I'm going on these hikes. Right. And I've had the conversation, you know, this week, I don't want you to go on that hike with your friend. Let's find something else you could do with your friend that's not going to put this big physical stressor on you of the right. of this Tuesday hike, right? I want you right. to have fun with your friend. I want you to have that connection with your friend. Let's come up with an alternative, something you two can do so that you check, you know, we check that box for you. But right. you going on that three mile hike with her this week, I I, I don't recommend you do that. And people often peer pressure you into a better diet, a pillow or whatever, and you feel guilty for not taking the suggestion and you feel like you're saying ashamed to let people know that you're struggling. Mm -hmm. And then there's that tension in the relationship of, I mean, well-meaning people, we always are like, well, why won't they listen to me? But Mm -hmm. In some situations, that person needs to listen to their, you know, their intuition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with exercise, too, there there is some impact on the first and second principle, just to kind of wrap it up here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we move around, our cells need more nutrients. So the first principle to restoring and maintaining our health is getting the nutrients that every cell needs to the cells. And so Mm -hmm. if we are more physically active, we're going to have a higher demand for nutrients at the cellular level. And so if we're deficient, if we have blockers that are preventing those nutrients from getting to the cells, which 
can be more than just our eating habits generating blockers, Mm -hmm. then the cells are not going to have the nutrients that they need to sort of fuel that movement. And then when, when we move and our cells make that movement happen, the cells generate metabolic waste material. And so this is the second principle to restoring and maintaining our health. We have to clear Mm -hmm. metabolic waste material out of the cells and get it out of the body. And so if we are physically active, we're going to generate more metabolic waste material because of the activity. And so if we're already overloaded, now we've added to the problem. Mm -hmm. So you can see, right, just to kind of go full circle here, this is how exercise impacts all three of these principles. So is it any wonder that Mm -hmm. if we have deficiencies or blockers or missing pieces within these three principles, that exercise is actually going to make us feel worse? No, makes sense to me. As a practitioner, you're not saying, okay, now all migraine sufferers, please stop exercising. But it is important to like talk to someone who can help you get through those blockers and figure out what's going on and then work on the healing process as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, wonderful, Mary. What do you think? Do you think we covered it? I think we did. That was interesting for me. (laughs) Good. Good. Well, great talking to you again, Mary. You have a great rest of your day. Awesome. We'll see you guys soon. Well, wonderful. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Um, And please, if you have somebody in your life who's suffering from chronic migraines, please share this information with them. Who could benefit from this information that we talked about today? Please share that on your social media or share it with your friends and loved ones who've been praying for this information. And if you want to stay connected with Mary and I, please join our free Facebook group. We have nearly 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life naturally. You can go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND in the search box on Facebook, or you can go to healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we will redirect you there. 